0: You are. And howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie.
1: And I'm Laurie. And welcome to
0: Sumo, sumo Kaboom. Kaboom. where we talk about all
1: things, sumo. Yeah, and today we're gonna to be talking about hair. Hair. Why? Well, there's a few reasons. One is we've been receiving some questions about hair
0: lately that we want to
1: address. But yeah, people two, are very
0: curious about. Yeah, they're very yeah. curious about hair.
1: Yeah. The big reason. Is that when we got those 2022 sumo calendars in from Robert, a big sumo fan, we were looking at the last page and we were saying, oh, isn't this a wonderful calendar? There's Gyoji on the top and there's collars in the middle. And then who are these guys on the bottom? And it took a while <laughs> because we found out they, they were no No offense mountains. to them. They
0: don't. They don't look like athletes, you know. No, what I mean? they
1: don't. They're, they're very different looking, and we and then we found out they were floor mountains, and that didn't help either. We were
0: like, "Who are floor who is are floor mountains? Mountain? Do they set up the doyo? Who are these guys?" And I'm I feel so bad for not knowing or not recognizing them. They're such a huge part of the sumo world.
1: Well, obviously, they're in the calendar. So they're a big part of the sumo world. So we figured, okay, we need to look more into these floor mountains. And what that means is hairdressers. Floor mountains are hairdressers. They're they're called tokoyama. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Before we even get to news, though... Big, huge thank you to Darren Kay from Prosper, who left us a very generous donation on our coffee account. So thank thank you you Darren, so much, Darren. It's so appreciated. And I have a Would You Rather question from Rod for you, Leslie. Do you want to play Would You Rather? Sure. This was just for you. We each have our own Would You Rathers. Okay. Would you rather, one, sing karaoke with, with Ikioi, in a duet mm. of your choice.
0: Okay. Or
1: to go to a hotel room with Ikioi and a Mawashi and get squashed
0: by him. And you can only oh. choose one. Oh wow. This is tough because this goes back to our episode last week about how I would like to be just smashed just once, just to know what it feels like by a very large sumo wrestler. I'd say, you know, first and foremost, I'm an artist, so I would definitely go for the the duet with Ikioi. But I might ask him afterwards, would you mind just to do a quick smash? <laughs> <laughs> because he <you> knows <laughs> as long as he's singing he for you. Yeah, That's he right.
1: might. He might.
0: You know how I said my preference was short and wide to be smashed by like a show to assure you, but um, ikioi is maybe a little too tall for smashing. I'm gonna go with karaoke with ikioi.
1: Okay, nice. So there you go, Rod. There's your answer. And for me, he asked if I was sitting on the front row of the kokugikan, which wrestler would I want to fall on me? And after much thought, I have to say it's Ura. Because I would have thought that I was going to go for a bigger guy, but it's slightly dangerous to have a bigger guy drop on me. So I'm going to go with a smaller wrestler, and I love the way he's so polite, and he always, like, turns to bow at anyone he falls onto. and It's almost like he has a conversation with them, and that's really what I'm after, is that conversation, that one-on-one time. So I'm going to go with Ura.
0: Okay, then. Well, Rod, there are your answers. We love anytime anyone asks us random questions or would you rather. So if you've got an idea or you got a question you want us to answer, go ahead and send it in to us at sumokaboom at gmail.com, everyone.
1: That's right. Oh, and I forgot one more thing. The annual Sumo Kaboom Sexiest Ricochet Poll is coming out this week, and we need your answers by the 8th. You're going to see it going out over social media. We want to know who you think is the sexiest sumo wrestler. So please answer our poll, and then we'll give you those answers on Valentine's Day.
0: That's right. It's going to be a hot, steamy, sexy episode. So you will want to tune in for those good times. Yes. All right. Are we ready for a news flash? Buckle in, we got a lot of news going on in the Subo world. Okay, so you remember when Heita Umi got, you know, punished for his illegal gambling? Mm-hmm. Him and Suki Bito Shiden, um, they did get punished, but the offense actually happened way back in August, and he went out a few times to do some slot machines. It is said he spent less than $87 total, (laughs) but he will drop back to Jirio and um, Shiden will uh, miss his Jirio debut. So no charges have been made by the police, which is good. They just played slots, y'all. But they didn't break any rules about going out because way back then they were allowed to actually go out. Just no Gambling, so not much more new information other than now we kind of figure out what that whole illegal gambling thing was all about. It's now, a bummer
1: to miss your Jurio debut though because I of know. that, because of playing slot machines. Just, I hope it was good times. <laughs> uh, and can I say I've never ever played more than maybe twenty dollars on slot machines? So spending eighty-seven on slot machine—that's
0: you're spending a lot of time on that. I give it five bucks and I'm out. <laughs> I am not a gambler. All right. Well, you may have seen him. You may not know anything about him, but it is official. Hanakaze, the official oldest rikishi at 51, is finally retiring. He's moving on to a career in the restaurant business. And OK, so he had been in charge of the chankonabe at the Tatsunami Beya. But he also wrestled for a really long time. And he was always in the like the lower divisions. I think everybody was waiting for him to retire because he's 51. And he like barely has enough hair for his top knot. And, and, and so, and,
1: Well, 51 is not that old. No, it's not. It's really in not. In the sumo
0: world, though, In the sumo it world, it is. is.
1: It's twice but the I age think of anybody that else. He's,
0: yes. I think he's an incredible <laughs> champion, an incredible athlete at 51 to be out there and wrestling. And I am championing him in his next chapter in life, which is making food for people.
1: <laughs> Me too. And can I say, I read somewhere in some article that he's having trouble finding a job. I totally get like making a career change in your fifties is hard, but we are so behind you. What's his name? Hanakaze.
0: Hanakaze. We are Hanukaze. so behind you. We're we so cannot remember you. your name. That's right. But we are so with you. Who, whatever <laughs> your name is, you
1: are going to <laughs> succeed. You're just in your your second or third career, and
0: you're going to crush I think his second. It. I mean, the guy has dedicated his life to sumo. You I know?
1: love this guy. I really so do. So this is
0: very brave. It is it, a brave move to yeah. like live in the stable for all these years and then decide to retire and you just have to leave it all behind after that's the only world you know. It's I kind mean, of like leave, yeah. like leaving a cult or a, a religious life. You know what I mean? Well, imagine very, his resume.
1: His resume would be like, Hello? My name is, my height is, here's the things I like, and I have spent the last 40 years in a
0: sumo stable. Yeah. That's it. I (laughs) mean, well, we wish him luck. Yes. Okay, so here's some hot news. Did you know that Mitake Yumi was married? That was some big news that we found out. He
1: kept that secret. Well and we still
0: don't know what she looks like. Have you seen a picture of her? We don't. She's only been described, this is via translation, as a general woman. Yep. Yep, yeah, well, so she's
1: am I. A g- I'm a general. General.
0: Woman. Yep. <laughs> she was part of the support organization, perhaps like at his stable, but she was she's kind of maybe when it. she was a fan and she came to practice. Yes. And the rest is history. So see what I took away
1: from this story was like we mm-hmm. need to go to a practice and look up those 51 year old men who are making <laughs> well, he just retired. In the, back.
0: <laughs> the only one just retired. Well, okay. The only so that age means appropriate there's, one. There's gotta be some. 49 year olds in there somewhere there's a coach in there but could, i think like, they're all married but we, we c- you could. might be able to catch him second time around <laughs> anyway she is one year older and they had actually been dating for like around five years so the official wedding has not actually taken place due to coronavirus but they do live together as newlyweds and perhaps that's why he did so well in the last tournament
1: good for him he's been looking happier lately maybe this is why
0: Well, everyone, the next tournament, the May tournament, will actually be back up to 87% in the audience. That's over 9,000 spectators that they will be expecting in May. So it will start to look a lot more like the sumo we used to know on television. Lots of people in the crowd. So that's exciting. Now, one of the more exciting things that's happened over the last few days is haircutting ceremonies. So let's just give you a little rundown of kind of what happened this weekend. First, Tochiozan, who retired, he had his hair cutting ceremony. This was a huge event for him and for everyone in general, because we have not seen hair cutting ceremonies in at least two years. Everybody's has been postponed. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, we got a double whammy first with Tochi Ozan, who had a little bit of tears. And he was sentimental, especially when his stablemate Tochi Noshin cut his hair and all his Kasugano stablemates. And this was the day before... Former Ozeki Goedo had his hair cutting ceremony, and he had over 400 people cutting his hair. It was a who's who of sumo with all of the former yeah. Yokozunas, past and present, many other wrestlers, stablemates, and wacky characters we do not know. Everyone was on deck this weekend. Four hours
1: of hair cutting. Uh, yeah. Did you see it's that? It's a lot.
0: Yeah. yeah. They had to, like, change out the scissors every every other person and like sanitize them. I mean, it was a long event. He had to sit there for a long time, but it was really sweet to see and he um his wife and adorable kid were there it's i don't know why it's so fun to see what their wives and kids look like but it was neat to see but he said as a man who had never obtained the yokozuna status in his next chapter in life he's going to become a stable master and oyakata and he wants to raise up the next Yokozuna. The whole event, which is interesting, he gets his haircut and then there's all these exhibition matches. We Mm -hmm. see all kinds of cool, like they're not really fighting. They're just like kind of sparring for funsies for all of us. But we saw Ted and a versus Mitakiyumi and a number of other people that go up and entertain while he's getting the real haircut and goeto goes backstage his hairdresser gives him a trim up and then he comes out in a lovely like tuxedo and it's all like fitted and his hair is short and slicked back and i did not like even recognize him he just looks so different to me but it's so cool right he looks so dapper He looked like a James Bond, like, really nice villain. But he did look like he came straight out of a James Bond movie.
1: Plus, you never realize just how thick their necks are until you put a bow tie on them.
0: And then it's like, (laughs) oh, my God, his neck is seriously bigger than his head. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But anyway, it was really nice to see a lot of these ceremonies and events back in action. And also, it's all about the hair. So how about we talk a little bit about the Tokoyama?
1: Let's talk a lot about the Tokoyama.
0: I've got a lot to talk about with this one. I
1: do too. And who knew? Yeah. Who knew that there would be this much to talk about?
0: Well, I feel like I researched this. I don't know if it'll show, but I spent so much time on this and mainly just watching videos of them working. But there was a surprising amount of information that I was very fascinated with. So...
1: Yeah, yeah, me
0: too. It is said that the job of a tokuyama came into existence under a very famous kabuki actor. Okay, so mm. kabuki actors, well, he, okay, he's the first. His name is Tojuro Sakata but in the kabuki world they all have inherited names kind of like in sumo like once the role of Bl- Brad Pitt or Vlad Pitt mm-hmm. what i was about to say Vlad Pitt uh <laughs> Vlad Pitt whoever
1: my favorite Vlad Pitt yeah <laughs> the
0: russian version of Brad Pitt is Vlad Pitt yeah <laughs> um no but if Brad Pitt decided to retire then the next hot handsome guy that would come along to play his types of roles would assume the name Blad Pitt or Brad Pitt. (laughs) So the very first version or very first guy who played or inherited the name Tojuro Sakata from this kabuki world is the guy who kind of got the Tokoyama elevated and into the world of theater. Now this is back in the uh Jinroku era. That's sixteen eighty eight to seventeen oh seven. So he before l- the Edo period. Yes. He led a new wow. movement in the kabuki theater where they kind of they just elevated it. He's the one who coined this sort of specific hair job. Now, in kabuki theater, a tokoyama became a title of it became a title of somebody who styled kabuki wigs for theater, yeah. dance, Japanese dance, and much, much more. So, and
1: could you give me an idea of what a kabuki wig might look
0: like? There are different, eras of hairstyles and stuff. If you start researching, you know, there was a, there was so many eras where just long, straight, beautiful black hair was in fashion, was in vogue. But if you look at ukiyo-e prints, you'll see women have their hair all intricately put up with combs and it's oiled with like camellia oil that's a different era right but if you look at kabuki theater the costumes and everything and the hair and the wig n- nothing is modern day so it's i don't know what years it's based on but i imagine it stays true to the tradition of kabuki and a lot of other you know things that have a lot of pageantry they kind of are stuck in old times so i don't know if i gave you an answer i gave you uh, not one that's right i just gave you an answer <laughs>
1: give me a walk around
0: there there are many different ones and also if you research kabuki like they have a standard look for this role from this popular show it's kind of like swan lake every swan lake they typically kind of each each version everyone who's the black swan kind of looks like the same black swan you know that's i think the way it is in kabuki theater whoever plays these legendary characters has hair and all of that that Looks the same, right? So, this guy, being a mover and a shaker in the kabuki world, was like, We got to employ somebody to keep these kabuki actors looking sharp, looking tight with these wigs. We want them styled well. So, he employed tokoyamas. Oh, he wasn't a tokoyama. No, he was an actor and he was kind of elevating the kabuki experience back in this Jinroku uh... era.
1: So he was like, "We don't look suave enough, guys. We got to bring in someone from the outside." Okay, got he it, was now. the
0: Andrew Lloyd Webber of, of I don't know, or Stephen Sondheim of. Well, I, that's not even true. That would be like a Bob Mackie. Anyway, we're way there. Off. We go the Bob way Mackie of the
1: of the Kabuki, of the Kabuki world. theater world. That yes, okay, yes.
0: So here's how it came to be the standard hairstyle in sumo way back then and still today. Okay. The chonmage, that's how it's pronounced, chonmage, is inspired by a samurai hairstyle of the 8th century, okay, to stabilize a very heavy uh, kabuto, which is a battle helmet, okay? So way back in the old days, samurais... Would shave the crown of their heads into a nakazori style, and that basically meant they shaved the pate of their head, the, the crown of their head, and then they yeah the
1: very top was bald yeah
0: and then they pulled the ponytail back over and they fold they folded it forward and this was helpful to keep the very helm like if you saw like samurai helmets they are of another world. They're beautiful, but they are funky and they're heavy. And you gotta keep that helmet in place. And nothing is worse than riding into battle on a horse and you got a shaky helmet and it keeps falling down in your eyes. (laughs) I mean like I can't see anything. Exactly. You would not be a very good samurai with like a big old helmet down over your eyes. (laughs) Also, they did it to keep them like their heads cool. And here's another interesting reason I saw this cited a couple of places. This covers up any sort of male pattern baldness <laughs> for the
1: what what the hairstyle? If does? you shave
0: the top of your head and everyone has a shaved top of their head, then no one really knows who's losing their hair. Am I right? Oh got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you could stay hidden in the crowd exactly. No one will know that you're mostly bald on top. I guess maybe they cared right. about that back then. Yeah. But anyway. Because
1: everyone's doing it by choice.
0: Exactly. And so. It's
1: kind of like the trend of like young people turning their hair gray. If everybody <laughs> did that, then going gray would not be a At
0: problem. like 26, then you're like, everybody's yeah. cool. And we're all, yeah. we've all got gray hair. Anyway, yeah. very, very creative. My personal take would be like, hey, y'all, maybe we have a design flaw with the helmet. Let's not all... Exactly. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's revisit let's the helmet. Let's make helmets. better helmets. But you know what? It, it wasn't an option. So they were like, you know what? Let's just fix everybody's hair into this funky hairstyle. This extreme hairstyle became a symbol, though, of the upper classes. And, and it was very widely respected because it was the hairstyle of a samurai. And in fact, in artwork if someone was portrayed negatively, often the artist would draw that person with like scraggly hair. So a very styled and neat chonmage was a well-respected hairstyle. It meant class. It meant upper ruling class and power. That's kind of what it meant for at least men.
1: And the hairstyle was completely bald from the Not just the very top, but like from the front, completely bald, like only hair on the sides until you get to the back,
0: right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, for the most part.
1: Like a Kurosawa film samurai. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like someone just took some razors down your bangs and just went back. Straight down the middle. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So anyway, we all know sumo has been around since ancient times. And once upon a time, we've talked about this before, sumo was just kind of street brawls and on the corners with matches with villagers all wrestling each other. And apparently the ruling classes and the uppity people, they kind of scoffed at these displays of brutality and violence from the lower classes. So in Japan, they tried to outlaw sumo because they considered it lowly by many people in power, meaning the peasants and commoners would like out in the countryside and their underwear would be duking it out. And the upper classes, they did not like this undignified sport on display. But, you know, efforts to stop this gritty, you know, side sumo in the streets was unsuccessful. So cut to the Edo period. Okay, everyone from the countryside was moving back into the metropolitan areas and cities, but they still had this kind of thirst for sumo. So the promoters of the era, they tried to take advantage of kind of a good situation. They figured, okay, look, people still need entertainment. Yeah. And there is only so much kabuki. You can watch here in the city. That's that's right. So let's give everyone some sumo in like a different package. And maybe it won't like ruffle any feathers of the higher up samurai class. And maybe, just maybe, along with the help of some like other people from the ruling classes who can sponsor and throw some cash towards this, we can dole out some new Yokozuna licenses. They can become patrons of popular wrestlers, and we're going to try to legitimize the sport and make it look more palatable and make some money right well yeah we're going to add some etiquette etiquette right and so this effort to dress up this traditionally violent sport of sumo worked it eventually made it into the national sport of japan with the help of honest to god a makeover it's just like queer eye for this drake guy but it's like sumo eye for everyone (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're talking about the Jonathan Van Nesses of the world. Of the sumo world. Yeah.
0: These promoters. And in cahoots with some people in this ruling samurai class. So what did they do, you ask? Okay. So they added the ritualistic religious aspects of the fights, like a temple-like ambiance, sometimes in actual temples. The Shinto religious aspects, the salt throwing to purify the doyo, Mm -hmm. power water, all these... Nice loincloths, like no more like naked, naked people in the streets brawling in their undies or torn right. clothes. They, yeah, they added the bowing and they started to control and curate the wrestler's appearance before the public. And I imagine because those people had fans that were paying money to come see these people and you make them look nice, they're gonna show up. And they gave these, these upper ranked wrestlers specific hairstyles for the upper two levels so that the highest ranking rikishi got the privilege of wearing this ginkgo leaf hairstyle called the oichomage i believe the upper two levels started to kind of reflect what the samurai class and everybody was starting to look look like right Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. people were like hey this is a legitimized sport Okay, so the revolution of culture in the Edo period opened up a previously isolationist nation and legitimized the sport. It brought in a bunch of new fans. It appeased the upper classes now, and that's all by giving it a makeover, right? So with Mm -hmm. these newly regulated hairstyles for wrestlers, you had someone who, you had to have somebody who could actually style it, though. So you've probably, this is what I'm guessing, you probably found a guy from the kabuki world who was like, look. I, I know how to work wigs. You know, back in those days, there were no plastic wigs. They were all <laughs> real hair. Who do you go find to like style the hair of all these wrestlers that have to look good for tournaments and as they're walking about, around town? And they went and they yeah. hired Tokoyama's. Yeah.
1: yeah, because you can't rely on a sumo wrestler to do his own hair and have it look really nice. Although some, they I've heard some can do ones.
0: their own, not the ginkgo leaf, but some like in a pinch if they had to could do it they could but yeah if you wanted to look pro you got to find a tokoyama yeah okay so you bring them in
1: from the theater world right and that makes complete sense yes
0: uh, well i don't know if they came in i mean tokoyama just means hairdresser so anyone yeah. in the era who was just like out and about town who was doing ladies hair anyway they could have brought in anybody who was doing hair but i like to think that they went to the okay. theater
1: Okay. Got it, got it. Because, well, that's what we would do. But
0: then in the Meiji era with the Emperor Meiji, Meiji, he dismantled the samurai class and the feudal clans of Japan. He said—I'm paraphrasing, and I'm actually just—this is not even paraphrasing. I'm making this up. But he said, all 'all y'all (laughs) men— All y'all men are forbidden to wear your hair like that, okay? And you can't have samurai swords anymore. You have to go have Western hairstyles now, okay? And we have to... Step into this new modern world. We've been, you know, old fashioned and isolated for a long time, and these old fashioned haircuts are not cutting it. Okay, he was a new ruler. He was that came to power and said, "We have got to modernize." Yes, but he also dismantled dismantled the samurai class. I mean, that was his real thing. Is he was like, "You can we we cannot have samurai," and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to make sure that none of you can have samurai hair anymore, bitches. And so, wow, yeah, but. Here's the kicker. He's like, none of you are allowed to have these hairstyles. But I do love sumo, so <laughs> I will make an exception and allow it only in the sumo world, okay? But if you're a samurai, you cannot walk around with your chomage, okay? No more shaving the top of your head. None of that top knot look, okay? That was done by imperial decree, Around 1871 to 1876, okay?
1: I find that fascinating. Yeah,
0: that they were like, no more. You cannot have this hairstyle. But it does make sense. There were gangs of samurai in my research I found, you know, that – went underground and kind of still tried to... I will not. I will not get... That's like
1: people being so proud of their mullets. They're like, I'm not not letting you cut my mullet off.
0: Well, I'd like to think maybe they're more attached to like their profession or just being a samurai (laughs) as opposed to their hair. But then again, I don't really know. I don't know. But anyway, so nobody was allowed to have it. So I found that fascinating. What I don't know is we can talk Talk about what the old style looks like, but the sumo wrestlers—they don't shave their head anymore. They haven't done that in a long time. So I couldn't find in my research, although I didn't research too hard on that. I was like, when did sumo wrestlers stop shaving the pate at the top of their head? Um, they do. They didn't do sometimes. Well, in the well, yes, but that's for different reasons. But if you look at okay. old sumo wrestlers. You know, old pictures, there are some that have their head shaved, I believe. Or
1: yeah, from the front. From the front. Yeah. And like that buzz cut. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. And I don't know when they were like, no, 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 this is just too much shaving, you know. Let's just
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Hopefully... Or maybe or they just maybe it went out of fashion or whatever the reason. Yeah.
0: Let's jump to a little bit and you can hop in if you like, about modern day, okay. When a wrestler comes into the world of a stable, he comes in with this like regular people hair, and this style is officially called the zenbara style, which is translated as loose and disheveled hair.
1: And this is the That's com- me. That's what I have.
0: Yes, you have loose and disheveled hair <laughs> as well as I do. <laughs> Most all of us would be in this category of zenbara style. And yeah. this this is the style of hair before a wrestler's hair is long enough to put in a chonmage. Okay. Now, there are exceptions. These younger wrestlers who are not deemed experienced enough to be in the upper levels and have the official hairstyle, when you see wrestlers start sumo and they haven't ranked up, but or they do make it to the top rank and they still can't put their hair in the chonmage style. Yeah, because that happens sometimes. That happens sometimes. So um, it's kind of interesting. It's just not long enough. yeah. Right. Um, but they're officially not allowed to wear the ginkgo leaf until they're in the upper two levels. There are exceptions to that though. Like we were talking before, if a wrestler who's really young, who's like 18, has just got a ton of hair and the the tokoyama is like, you've got lots of beautiful hair, but it is just too much for me to work with, they will still shave the pate. It's called nakazori, which is when a tokuyama kind of shaves the this may not make sense to anybody who's not Jewish. I'm not Jewish. But the, the yarmulke part of the head, you know, if you put a yamaka on your head, it's kind of mm-hmm. like the top mm-hmm. and the back-ish. It's kind of like mm-hmm. not the front of the crown, kind of the back of the crown. And you wouldn't yeah. know this by looking at sumo wrestlers. A lot of the young ones have their head shaved under there. And that is mm-hmm. because the hair is more manageable for the tokoyama to work with. He's getting all kinds of wax and stuff in there. So he's got to have manageable hair. When you do see pictures of that, you're like, okay, that's kind of creepy, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) if you just get out of the shower and you like see that, you're like, this is the worst style. (laughs) I have long hair all around my bangs and all the back, and then I just have like this beanie sized shave spot in the back of my head. It's like, just yep, I would be hiding that from anyone,
1: but that is someone's pattern baldness, you know, that is naturally somebody.
0: Yeah. Somebody. You can tell a lot of these wrestlers, they get their hair yanked and pulled all day every day, it seems like. But some of them have yeah. receding hairlines for sure. But some of the young guys you you know who have tons of hair, they probably all, a lot of them have have that shaved. But it's so tied perfectly. You would never know. You would never know in all mm-hmm. that wrestling that they've got a bald yeah. head under there or a lightly shaved head. Now, like I said, there are two divisions that can wear the fancy version of the chonmage, the oik- Oicho mage which top knot, which represents the ginkgo leaf, which I believe mm-hmm. is a symbol of longevity, yeah, in Japan, yeah. And um, younger wrestlers who start sumo aren't allowed to wear that unless they need like a head. That a that a Tokuyama in training um, can practice on. They're allowed to get it then. Sometimes, if they are a Makushita wrestler and they're going to be sitting in for the day in in, in a tournament with a Juryo wrestler, they're allowed to have the ginkgo leaf. Uh, retirement ceremonies. There are official ceremonies that they're allowed to wear their wear a fancy hairstyle, but um, most of the time you'll see it just laying flat. It's like looks like a little flat ponytail kind of facing forward mm-hmm. and that's what they get styled every day
1: yeah any Tokayama that's working right now and usually there's around 50 can't have more than 55 at a time but all of them have a, a sort of ring name that starts with toko
0: right you would so, be toko Lari and i would be toko, toko leslie right
1: yeah <laughs> there's toko tsuru toko yumi toko hira toko asa Tokonaka, Toko Tatsu, Toko Yushi, Toko. You, can you I imagine
0: mean, how confusing that is at the Tochi I know. stable? I mean, everyone's name Tochi no Shin, Tochi Ozon, Tochi oh. this, and then there's tokos everywhere. That, yeah,
1: everywhere. There's, I mean, I mean it makes the Chios seem like child play, doesn't it? It does. They all have extremely similar ring names to the American ear, anyway, but they're all employed. By the JSA, and that's why they're in the calendar because they are a part of the JSA. And just like sumo, there's a ranking system at play here. Normally, there's two special rank Tokiyama at the very, very top, and those are the only guys that are allowed to style a yokozuna's
0: hair. Mm-hmm. And then unless there's it's first- like the stable. The stables, like Miyagano stable, like I saw a younger guy, like a fourth circuit Tokoyama working on Hakuho's hair. But that's because he works at the stable. I think for official stuff, they must have to have the, the top guns.
1: OK, got it. Got it. Maybe if you're just going to hang out at home, yeah. you could have your local barber do your hair. Right. But if you are going to an event... You can only get your hair done if you're a Yokozuna by the special rank right. tokoyama. And some
0: stables okay. even have more than one tokoyama because some...
1: Yeah, because some, there's a lot of guys there. Yeah.
0: Like one poor guy was like, each one of these takes about five minutes. The top knot ginkgo leaf one takes about 15 minutes. That's a lot of heads. And you got to like... Yeah, it's
1: a lot of hair. That's a
0: lot of hair. You got to have... You got to share, you know, the workload with others.
1: Yeah. In order to get that special rank tokoyama status... You have to have more than 45 years of service into the JSA.
0: What You've if you're not have very good, though? You've just hung in there for 45 years.
1: <laughs> well, I think they assume that you're going to get good after 45 years at something. Doing hair every day for 45 years, you get those 10,000 hours in. You do. I imagine. You do. And you become really, really good at it. But the guys that are at the special top rank are all over the age of 60 they've been doing hair for a long long time mm-hmm. okay but the first through fifth classes which are below the special mark it all depends on years of service and how good your hairstyling is right? right first rank might be 30 years of service you know, that's somebody with excellent performance and it's put 30 years in, whereas a second class might be 20 to 30 years of service and a third class would be 10 to 20 years of service, right? Right. And it just keeps going down to the first class, which are people who've had less than five years of service and you have to start younger than 19.
0: Wow. I mean, okay, the, you I saw the videos and it does look 30s. like a bunch of 15-year-olds in there, like learning how to yeah. do hair.
1: Yeah, it's not the, and, and- Why not? I mean, if you are interested in sumo and you're maybe not a big enough kid to really go at it seriously, you could still be involved in sumo and work with sumo wrestlers every day and just do hair instead. Well,
0: and you also think about there's yobidashis and collars, there's gyogis Uh that are all coming in at the same age. So it's interesting to think you think when you look at all these young kids that you're like, you assume they're all wrestlers to be, but they're not. A lot of them are just starting in the world of sumo in any number of areas.
1: Exactly. And just like sumo wrestling in the hair world of today in JSA, it, it takes an apprentice three years before you can make a decent chanmage. And there's no explicit instructions on how to do it correctly. You have to develop your own style by of watching. hairdressing. Mm-hmm. Yes. By watching and learning and developing your own methods. It's a and true Japanese
0: your... craft. Like, you know, people make swords, people make uh, all kinds of things, pottery, and it is learned by observing for years upon years upon years. And I love that this is the same approach with hair. <laughs>
1: So you could be a 15-year-old boy and you're like, I love sumo, but uh, my parents are small and I just don't think I'm going to be a tall guy, so I want to do hair. And you would then go to the JSA or maybe you go to a stable. I don't actually know how that part works. But you show up and you're like, I want to be a tokuyama. okay? The JSA would then give you a toolkit and say, you got to buy your own scissors, son, because they don't provide the scissors for some reason. I don't know why. (laughs) And then they're like, "Okay, we're just going to throw you in, and you're going to apprentice at X stable." They assign you a stable. What you do is you learn to section the hair. You apply water first, because who knows what's in the hair? Sometimes it's sand. Sometimes it's—I mean, who knows? Sweat, tears. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you apply water if you're crying and then you apply. Upwards. <laughs> It, well if you're upside down <laughs> and you're exhausted and lots of sweat has gone that's into true. your head that's true i didn't you know, think of that you haven't gotten in the shower yet <laughs> yeah so you you do your water and then you apply oil and then you use a, a different set of combs to smooth out the hair and make sure every single strand of hair absorbs the oil and this requires muscle before I watched the footage of guys getting their hair done I thought oh it looks so relaxing you know like I'd seen a yogazuna get his hair done after a fight right before he was gonna go out and speak again or receive the trophy or something and I thought that looks kind of calming but it's it's really not as soon as you start watching more videos you're like these guys are cranking on the hair of these wrestlers and they are not holding back and some of these guys have curly hair and they're just pulling these combs through yeah uh, they're sand in their hair i mean it looks really intense to me and i started to think maybe the reason all their eyes are closed is because they're just trying not to shout out in pain <laughs> because that does not look comfortable to me yeah
0: it definitely looks like Hair getting yanked, but I have heard that some of them find it really relaxing. Considering the pain they withstand in the doyo, it it might pale in comparison. It might be like as close to a massage as you I can don't get. Know. It seems kind of like going to
1: the dentist to me. You know, there are some people who say they can go to the dentist and they find it very relaxing and they can go to sleep in the chair. I am not one of those people. I go to the dentist and I'm like holding on for dear life on the sides of the chair unless I remind myself to relax. Mm. And that's what it reminds me of watching some of these guys get their hair done. By apprentice hairdressers who maybe aren't sure, haven't developed their style
0: yet. Yeah, but the pros. Are just figuring the, it out. The old guys that, oh, man, when you see them, how fast they are. And they all have to have really strong mouths. I know you'll probably get to that. But yes. they have to pull and yank. They're using their hands. They're using their arms, their body weight, their mouth and tying. And it looks like a sport in and of itself.
1: It really, really does. So what's in the toolbox... In order to tidy the hair, somebody who's doing hair is going to need four different kinds of wooden combs. And they're all handcrafted combs made by one family who have been making them for centuries. They'll have a stick in the toolkit that's used to style the look. They have uh, some string made with wax paper, again, made by one family in Japan, that they're going to tie around the ponytail. And then to keep it in place, they've got this fragrant oil and wax that's called bintsuke. The twine that you're talking about is called motoyui. Mm motoyui. I am actually not quite sure how to say that. Um, But it's got to be strong. It's about the thickness of a noodle. But it's got to be super, super strong so that it doesn't break during a sumo match. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I ran across several interviews where people were talking to Tokayamas, These Tokayamas were saying, when I watch sumo, the only thing I watch is the wrestler's head. I don't watch the bout. I just watched their head because it would be terrible if twine snapped off during a match. Oh, right. It would just
0: be horrible. Well, if your hair hits the ground, happened. it's a disqualification, like, not disqualification, but you can lose if your top knot hits the ground before the other guy. So, Oh, that's right. You know, it's got to be tied, and it's got to be tied right. I mean, this could be a win or a loss on someone's hand if they get they get thrown and they're upside down. You know what I mean? That's true. What
1: I found interesting when I was looking up the tools in the toolkit of these guys is uh, just how few families were making the tools anymore. Mm-hmm. And well, I heard the brushes are like are going
0: out of business. I had heard that the combs, though, that are used, they're like, this may be a source I need to recheck. But they were like, some combs have to come from bushes that are only 50 or 50 years old. And like and other combs, have wooden combs, have to come from trees that are 150 years old. They are handcrafted from like very old wood. And I imagine the families that have done that forever are the true craftsmen because they have to have different combs for getting out the sand. It has to be really fine, but it also has to do an incredible job of making it slick and smooth all the while working through that binske, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's it's the combs that are, you know, they can only use certain kinds of woods for, but it's also like I spent a while looking at uh, paper, the wax paper that's made for the ties, and because it only comes from Kozo plant that's only grown in Uh, a certain region of japan is kind of famously coming from from there but the shop that usually comes from has been closed down because of covid so the guy who makes the ties has nowhere to make them because you have to apply glue to paper you have to dry it in the sun and you have to repeat that many many times and he's got no place to work
0: oh man we need to start a new movement we got to get these people back to work
1: that and the bensuke people, the people that make binsuke, it's only in, you know, one place. It smells a certain way. It only smells like chamomile or it only smells like vanilla. But that market has tanked because there's not as many sumo wrestlers. I mean, it's just like one thing after another, all these stories of these small business owners in Japan that make these very specific items that are slowly going out of business mm-hmm. because sumo is dropping off. And there's not as many people in the sumo world, or there's just no one to step up and take the craft on for themselves. Right. Let's jump to some modern Tokoyama and their personalities, okay? There's a lot written about a guy who retired in 2019 who was Hakaho's hairdresser. His name is Akira Kato. What's really fascinating about him is his relationship with Hakaho. He started doing hair at 13 at Hakaho Stable, took an immediate disliking to him, but stayed close to Hakaho as Hakaho rose in the ranks. And uh, I think this story kind of tells you more about... The purpose not only of hairdressing as the Tokiyama, but also the jobs they have sort of helping to mold who these young men will be. Mm-hmm. They spend because so much he... time
0: with them every day. Exactly. They have one-on-one exactly. time with each one of these wrestlers. It's a very important yeah. relationship. And they probably are their confidant in some ways, you know, if, if they're talkative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. an interesting position. They definitely would know all the gossip in the stable for sure
1: when hakaho was in a foul mood it was the hairdresser that would come in and deal with him. None of the other people at the stable could really handle him because he was kind of like top of the ladder, right? right? Everybody else is below him, and so they didn't really know what to do with him when he was in a foul mood. So they'd bring in the tokoyama, and be like, Just do his hair. <laughs>
0: Just make him shut up and do his hair.
1: <laughs> well, and he would he would sort of listen to Hako a little bit, and then he would teach him how to handle the situation gracefully, you know? <laughs> like there's a story about... I guess if you're in a tournament, there is this thing that goes on behind the scenes. If you're in a tournament, you've got people helping you, Mm -hmm. and you share some of your winning money, the money that you win in your fights with your helpers, right? right? That's just nice. That's what you do. You share the wealth. Well, if you drop out of a tournament halfway... You should still share that money that you've won with your people below you. And I guess Hakuho was not doing that at some point. Uh As he was Yokozuna, he would drop out halfway and he wouldn't share his winnings. So it was this guy, the Tokuyama, that basically came in and said, dude, you are going to be known as the stingiest man in the sumo world (laughs) unless you start sharing your winnings. And he was the only guy that Hakuho listened to. And Hakaho changed that and started sharing his winnings a little more. There are very, there's a lot of stories like that in this, in in the sort of talk and tell literature that's out there about the Tokiyamas. But it is interesting because this guy says, even now, I don't like Hakaho, but he has become a good yokozuna. <laughs> so they're definitely straightforward advisors, yes, and clearly yes, not afraid he is. of the man.
0: So. I love yeah, it. Yeah, not afraid of the man. Yeah, so they're mentors. I, I found it, and then I could not find the source information. But there was another Tokuyama who had been doing hair for, like, 50 years. So he had experience with—he was just like, Asashori's like this. Harama Fuji's like this. Chiono Fuji's like this. He could go—he was like, Akebonu was like this. He had the inside take on every. Yokozuna for like yeah. <laughs> the last 50 years who we had styled. And so that yeah. was that's like incredible. It's really incredible.
1: And I'm sure, you know, as they're working their craft, it's sort of easy to think uh, that's an easy hairstyle to do. It's not a big deal. But as soon as you start watching these videos and you, you get these close-up views of these guys' heads, you start realizing that, yeah, some of them do have little bald spots in certain areas. Or like, Hakaho's hairdresser said, Hakaho's hair is totally different from side to side. It's one way on one side. It's another way on the other side. I've got to balance it out. And probably there are all sorts of variations with people's hair that they're working with, like thickness, density, uh, porosity, as well as the personalities of all of the people
0: that they're working
1: with. And they're trying to figure out how to
0: balance that all Mm -hmm. on the top of their head. Well, and they they use their hands and they're all over the head and they're really in close but then their the mouth is also used to hold and tie it's consi- it's also called literally the third hand and so mm-hmm. they're using their whole mouth hands all at the same time in this kind of ritual type of movement that they have developed over all these years to tie beautiful top knots and quickly yeah and with accuracy and, can- and with each nuance of each wrestler in consideration, you know, when when they're tying their hair. So it's crazy.
1: But I learned that even that top knot, you know, where the front is oiled and is coming forward,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I didn't realize that there was a modern push to that. I saw an article from one Togiyama who said, yeah, everyone used to have the ponytail and the end would just go forward, straight forward. But now the younger guys are having the ponytail go just slightly off to one side at an angle. And so that's the modern take on the top knot, not the ginkgo leaf. The ginkgo leaf is different altogether. Yeah. And, And much harder to do to make all that evenly spaced and make the ginkgo leaf stand up where it is. But I didn't realize that there was variety just in the top knot in and of itself. So that is interesting. So this took me Even, like, learning about Hakaho's hairdresser, I started to wonder, okay, so who's the top-ranked guy out there right now? Since Hakaho's hairdresser retired, who's the top of the ladder now? And it is—he's affiliated with Kakaru's stable, Kiribayama's stable. It's Michinoku-beya? Yeah, Michinoku, yeah. That's the stable. And his name is Mitsuo Nabeshima. That's his real name. Uh, His ring name, if you will, is Tokotsuru. And he was born in 1960. And what's great about looking up these Tokoyama now is you can go onto their websites. And just like they do with the sumo wrestlers, you can often see how tall they are, how much they weigh, what their favorite foods (laughs) are, their blood type, things like that. Maybe they have a fan club. Who knows? They probably do. But this guy's favorite food is sushi. And he is the guy on the calendar, on the back page of the calendar. He's in the top upper left box of all the Tokoyama, that is the guy with special rank status you know, right now. And as far as I know, the only guy with special rank status, which begs the question, if he's in Kakaru's old stable, where does he do Terana Fuji's hair? Does he go to Terana stable or does he just go to the G- Kokogikan to fix his hair? I don't know how all that works.
0: Well, they can but, be lent to other stables. They can sit in at other stables. Yeah. So- sometimes.
1: Yeah. But when do they go? Do they go early in the morning? See, do they I don't go know. like I... where does the hairdressing happen on like day of a tournament? Where is it happening and when? Those are the things that I would like to know.
0: Probably backstage somewhere. Cuz they come in with their hair styled probably from their own stable. But you know what, if these guys live at home and they go they go to the Coco Geek Con directly from home? Then yeah. who does their hair first thing in the morning at residence, you know, apartment well, 5A, exactly. you know, or do they go exactly. to the stable first and then walk from the stable over to the tournament or they yeah, get see, driven? Those are the burning
1: questions. They, I think they we're going to have to ask. We're going to have to ask oh, a wrestler. Knows. Well,
0: you know, the, the Yokozuna is allowed to park in a car down below. And we know we don't see him enter, do we? No, we know. Oh, uh, we, we do. We do. Yeah. His hair's done. Yeah. I was like, wouldn't it be fabulous if they get out down there and then they're like, hair's just a hot mess. <laughs>
1: It would be fabulous. I would love that. But no, it's done by the time they get there. So they're rarely, if ever, seen without these hairstyles done. Wow.
0: The calendar is extraordinary for many reasons. But when I opened it and you opened it too, we we got to this page where there's just all these pictures of these Tokoyamas. And we didn't know at the time. They just look like guys who aren't wrestlers in really bad fluorescent light up against a white wall. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice? If they're going to be in the calendar, it's like they have a little pomade in their hair. They have a nice little soft backdrop. And they have a, some nice lighting on them so that they don't just look like, who are these random guys in, like, white button-down shirts who look really serious at the back of this? I'd like to see them with a little bit more of a flair, you know, for a, for a calendar. It is – is-
1: It is interesting because the gyoji have Mm flair. They have these beautiful Shinto priest outfits that they're wearing. Mm -hmm. The collars have a uniform, Mm -hmm. but not the hairdressers. Yeah. They don't have a lot of flair. It's just like this guy in a white button down business shirt is what it looks like. They all
0: have short hair, but it's just, uh, it doesn't look very styled or coiffed or it just doesn't look like. A person who does but, hair.
1: But you know what I noticed? It, there's very little gray hair. So even these guys who have been doing hair for over 45 years, there's very little gray hair in theirs. Well, maybe they're dyeing it. <laughs> maybe they're dyeing it. Maybe they're eating really well. I don't know. Have, I just find it interesting. I have to Now that I'm kind of looking up these guys and putting personalities with stables and like figuring all these pieces out yeah you know i i can like pick a person look him up in the stable and go oh look this guy taro ohashi he was born in 1970 oh he likes music appreciation he likes going on walks and his favorite food is ice how interesting (laughs) why would they put that (laughs) on a stable website because
0: for somebody who uses his jaw (laughs) to like help in tying these tight you know ponytails ice might just be like what tastes great and feels great in the mouth you know it might be i have to remind myself though is that these guys aren't hairdressers like you can't i don't imagine you can't go to some guy who's been a tokoyama for 50 years and been like would you also mind giving me a perm or some like highlights or low lights he he doesn't do that he does two styles <laughs> And shaves. I did head. wonder that. And then
1: I, I wonder like, there are, because these guys. I don't think they're getting paid enough to only do this one thing. No,
0: I don't think they get paid more than time. like forty grand a year. I don't think that's the top level. I don't think, you know, they have their expenses so they, paid for, but like, so they could be a hairdresser on the they side. They might be, but I when mean, are they going to go to hairdresser school? If you've been I don't a Tokoyama know. your whole life but that really is a question well and i thought when goedo got his hair done you know cut and trimmed up in the back yeah. he he just got a slicked back look and i was like it doesn't yeah. look like a lot of texturing in there so i don't know if these guys are whizzes with the scissors they just know how to do the traditional sumo hairstyles if you want a hairstyle like kisano sato has like a really nice you know coif yeah, he does. you know it's shaved in the back i was like oh yeah these guys they might be able to do a light trim, but like on anyone's short hair, like like probably just does a buzz. <laughs> He's like, I I don't I can't know, do bangs or layers.
1: <laughs> but who knows? Maybe they are traditionally uh, trained barbers as well. I didn't see anything on this. I don't, so know. I don't know. Well,
0: that is something we don't know. Do they also get basic barbering skills?
1: from the websites that I've looked at and I've been reading about these modern day tokuyamas no one says anything like I just lo- I love doing hair hair makes me happy <laughs> they they don't say things it's not like an that. expression they say things like of- like here's a few more quotes that that are from websites from tokuyamas they'll say things like I started because I wanted to be a sumo wrestler but when I saw that I wasn't tall enough and practiced I thought it would be impossible for me so I gave it up and became a tokuyama okay
0: well, yeah, I hope he likes what he this, does.
1: This guy says, my favorite, uh my hobby is I'll stit a chon mage.
0: Oh, so he just, that was in he, his hobby times, like I embroider, yeah. I just like to do this hairstyle I, for fun.
1: Yeah, I just like to do this <laughs> Which hairstyle. is coincidentally
0: the same thing I do for not fun, like for work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It,
1: it's interesting. It is really interesting. Not a lot of personality comes through, but like just enough to make you go, "Oh, this guy. He likes, likes ice chicken. <laughs> this guy. This guy likes chicken."
0: <laughs> and they don't really photograph well, at least for the calendar. But I am just going to put it out there. Let's try to give them a little bit more pizzazz, considering their very important position <laughs> in the JSA. Yeah.
1: But I but loved the, yet again. Uh, I mean, things that come through translation often come through strangely in, in a way that doesn't always make sense. Oh, like Tochi Ozan in
0: his uh, acceptance uh, press interview after he uh, retired. It, it was translated as he had jerky tears. In jerky, jerky tears. Te- I was like, yeah. oh, I think that means tear. It was a real tear jerker for him. But it came through to yeah. his- as Tochi Ozan had jerky tears. <laughs>
1: Or this one, I ran across Mitakeumi's motto on his stables website, and his motto is I wonder if it's the ears of rice that hang their heads enough
0: to bear fruit. Hmm. Well, maybe he should. I have no idea what that means. Maybe he should ask his general (laughs) wife (laughs) what (laughs) that means. Anyway, I did enjoy Uh, researching this, though. It is a rabbit hole that, like, I still feel like I could go back in and and do so much more research on. It's quite fascinating.
1: It is. And I think there might be a part two to this because of questions that we've received about the haircutting ceremony. So next week, we might have a little bit more to say about the retirement ceremonies, the haircutting ceremonies. But uh, remember, you guys, to look for that uh, Sexy Ricochet poll that's going to come out this week and a special Valentine's Day episode with your winners and hopefully some love poetry or some haikus or something like that about your favorite Sexy
0: Ricochet. Yeah, please Have submit all that. To that. Look to. You can submit it via direct message, email, um, call Phone us. call, whatever you like. Yeah, call us. And uh, you can find all that information on our website uh sumo and uh hit us up with your love poet poetry and stuff we want to hear love songs we want to hear it all right until next week i'm leslie and i'm Laurie. see y'all later Canada.